Today's Tanya for the 17th of Teves is in Perik Yud, chapter 10, on page 156 in Lessons in Tanya. The Altarev is explaining the two levels of tzaddikim, the imperfect tzaddik and the perfect tzaddik, and in order to make it clear what the difference is between the perfect tzaddik and the imperfect tzaddik, he mentions that the Gemara says that there are 18,000 tzaddikim, and those are the imperfect tzaddikim, and then there are fewer perfect tzaddikim. Even among the perfect tzaddikim, there are a number of levels, and that's why the Gemara says, in the name of Hashem Ba'yichoi, that of the Bnei Aliyah, of the higher level tzaddik, there are either a thousand or a hundred or two. Why are they called Bnei Aliyah? Why is the high, the perfect tzaddik called Bnei Aliyah? So the Al-Tarebbe gives two reasons. And in doing so, he makes it very clear that the perfect tzaddik is different and higher than the imperfect tzaddik. The two reasons that the perfect tzaddik is called Bnei Aliyah is number one, that he elevates his animal soul, and therefore Bnei Aliyah, because he is Maila, the animal soul, and brings it to love God. And the second explanation, which we have, we have gone, we're about to learn, is that they are called Bnei Aliyah because they serve the needs of the Elyain. They serve God's needs and not their own. Now, these two reasons correspond to the two titles that the perfect tzaddik has. He's called Tzaddik Gomer because his love for God is complete and that corresponds to the second explanation that they are called B'nai Aliyah because their service of God is on the highest level they are also called Tzaddik the Tevlai describing the condition of the animal soul that the animal soul too has become good and that corresponds to the first explanation that they are called B'nai Aliyah because they elevate the animal soul and make it bring it to loving God Top of page 156. And the other reason that the Tzadik Gomer is called B'nai Aliyah because their service in their, in their doing good, meaning in their love for God that moves them to do mitzvahs, to study Torah and to do mitzvahs who it is for the sake of heaven and it is very high in, in its level of service. In other words, in addition to the reason for being called Bnei Aliyah in what they do to their animal soul in that they elevate it to God, the other reason for being called Bnei Aliyah is what they do with their goodness, with their mitzvahs. They do the mitzvahs for the sake of the one above and not only what is what is the alternative why else would a person do mitzvahs if not for God's sake he can do the mitzvah in order to get closer to God because he wants to be godly the person wants to be closer to God he wants to slake his thirst for godliness and his soul thirsts for God. He's a tzaddik. And yet, he puts aside this thirst for God and does the mitzvah for God's 
sake and not for his own sake. As we find written, the Navi says, Let all who are thirsty go and drink water. And water means Taita. Let them study Taita, which is likened to water. But why does the Navi have to say, if you're thirsty for Taita, go to Taita? That seems to be uh, self-evident. The idea here is, all those who are thirsty for God. There's a thirsting that the Neshama has for godliness. And the Navi says to him, if you're thirsting for God, go study Torah. As is explained elsewhere. So the, the tzaddikim, the higher level, the perfect tzaddik, when he does a mitzvah, he doesn't do it because of his tendency and because of his desire and inclination for godliness, even though that is his love, that is his pleasure in life, but he transcends his own pleasure and he does the mitzvah, when, he, when he's doing the mitzvah, he does it for God's sake. What does it mean to do it for God's sake? As is explained in the Zayah, the part of the Zayah called Tikunim, it says, Who is, the sages say, that who is considered a Chassid? One who does kindness with his Creator. So the Zayah comments, what does it mean with his Creator? How can, how can the creation the created being, do a favor or a kindness to its creator. So the Zayat explains that the word kainai, which simply translated means creator, can also have another meaning. It means imkan delay, with God's nest. We'll explain in a minute. We do a favor, a kindness, to God's nest by connecting and joining the Kuchabrichu and the Shechina. The nest is the place of the bird. So the nest implies the Shechina. Whereas Kuchabrichu, Kuchabrichu is that part of God that is Kodesh, which means sacred and removed from the world, higher than the world. In doing a mitzvah, we unite Kuchabrichu and Shrinte. We bring together the two parts of God, the part of God that transcends creation, with the part of God that is within creation, and thereby elevate the Shrinte back to its source. As it says in Beraya Mehemna, another part of the Zayar. In Parshas Tetzay it says, like a child who does for his father and mother, because he loves them more than himself, more than his body and soul. And so he gives his life for their sake. In order to redeem them, he puts his life in danger. As is explained elsewhere. So the idea of the tzaddik gomer doing a mitzvah for God's sake means, just like the child 
puts his own life in danger, his body and his soul, in order to do what his parents need, in order to save his parents, because he loves them more than himself. In the same way, the perfect tzaddik, when he does a mitzvah, he does it for the Ebishtim, not for himself, not even for his godly purposes. And this is Hamishasid in Kandile, he does a kindness for God's nest, because in bringing together Kuchabricho and Shinte, he is creating a dwelling place for God. And by creating this dwelling place for God, which is God's nest, he is doing a kindness to his Creator. And these two explanations, the two meanings in the term B'nei Aliyah really are interdependent, complementary. The two explanations are, one, that the perfect tzaddik elevates the animal soul and brings it to love God, the second explanation is that the perfect tzaddik brings together Kuchabricho and Shkinte and makes a dwelling place in the lower world for God. In other words, it elevates the klipa and it brings down the holiness. So these two things are interdependent. How do you bring down the holiness? By making the, the keli, by making the, the world receptive and elevating it towards godliness. That's what causes the godliness to come down. Now, elevating from below is called feminine waters, mayin nukvin. That's the, the keli. And the bringing down of godliness from above, this is called mayin duchurim. This is called masculine waters. Which is the, the element of water or of kindness that exists in each of the 248 positive mitzvahs. They are all the element of kindness, the attribute of kindness, and therefore they are like water, because kindness flows downwards. Which means, bringing down godliness from above downwards, to have it be clothed in the lower world, how can that happen only when the lower world has become receptive, when the animal soul itself is, will, is capable and willing of loving God and becomes a vessel for godliness, then that creates a vacuum, so to speak, that draws more godliness to itself. So the more the vacuum that we create below, the more godliness is drawn down to be clothed in the world below. As is explained elsewhere. And so the perfect tzaddik, the tzaddik gamut, in preparing his animal soul and making it love God, he brings godliness down to the world, having created this new keli, this new vacuum. This vacuum then draws godliness to itself, and we have the combination of the feminine waters rising and the masculine waters coming down, and the shrinta is united with Kuchabrichu, and that's how the dwelling place below, the home for the husband and wife, for the man and woman, is created.
out of this world, that this world becomes a dira loyizbarich. In the Hayyim Yayim, for the 17th of Tevis, the Rebbe writes that the reason for not studying Torah on the night of Nippur, I heard from my father, the reason is to avoid adding chayus and, and life and energy to unholiness. My father once said that those students who are so diligent that they can't give up the eight hours of study to, uh, to resist studying for those eight hours, I'm not fond of them. And this abstaining from study applies only until midnight. We can see a connection between the, the Hayyem Yem and today's Tanya. In Tanya, the Rebbe is talking about a perfect tzaddik who puts aside his thirst for godliness when, when it comes to do a mitzvah. And he does what is, what is asked and what is commanded. And the Rebbe is saying here, in the name of the Rebbe Rashab, that those students who can't put aside their longing and their diligence for learning, the Rebbe says, I'm not fond of them. They're not rising above their own inclination to do what is asked of them. 